0: Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go.
1: A quick word from our sponsor, 24 Sound. 24 Sound is technically an audio production company, but they're way more than that. They're there to help you grow your business from audiobooks to podcasts and everything in between. They're flawless as sound engineers and they're strategic as business partners. Visit them at 24sound.com. You can also email them at hello at 24sound.com. And of course, as a best ever listener, you'll get a best ever discount. Mention best ever, and you'll get a 20% discount on your first product. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Farrells, and I'm here with today's guest, Lou Leon. Hi, Lou. Welcome to the show, and Lou is joining us from New York City. And we could have done this in a coffee shop or something, uh, but I guess it would have been too loud because I also am in New York City. Uh, welcome to the show. Lou is the founder of Realvestment which is a startup that he's working on, um, that he created, uh, that's looking at big data to identify local and emerging real estate markets. So, very really interesting. Um, he has a techno- technological background where he's co-founded two companies, and after the exit of the second one, he got into real estate, and he had a meteoric uh, success with... Uh, what he was doing there, he's actually, in five years, he got to the top five um, total units sold in New York City, primarily in Manhattan. So he's done hundreds of transactions, been recognized for the volume of transactions that he's accomplished and he's also an investor himself so we've got technology we've got uh closing on transactions a whole lot of them um and we've got investing so we've got all sorts of stuff to talk to Lou about but as you know best ever listeners we've got a very short format so we're gonna get straight to the point so Lou can you tell the best ever listeners what your uh background is a little bit more in detail and then what you're focused on now
0: uh sure Joe so my background had, uh, had been, um, in, in computer engineering. So graduated college with an undergraduate in computer engineering. And by the end of my uh, college career, basically decided that, you know, I really wanted to be in business. Uh, so got a job with one of the big management consulting firms and, uh, really started to learn how to create technology to give companies a competitive edge, uh, out, out in the, um, in the, in the world in terms of their competitors. So, uh, did that and for about four or five years and then spun off and started a company with a, a partner uh, where we also did a lot of um, implementation for Fortune 500 companies primarily uh, to give them sort of competitive advantage and do a lot of stuff in sales and distribution, inventory management, just a bunch of other stuff. Won't bore your, your readers with it. But basically what happened was uh, we, we had that company and then we had a second company that we had started later on that was in healthcare compliance. So, so did some work there. Uh, but after, this, like you had mentioned, a second exit uh, was looking, you know, we were out in New Jersey. So we were looking to, my wife was working really a lot of hours working, looking to try to come into the city. So uh, we rented for a month in the city and we're like two weeks in, we're like, we're not going back. So um, at that point, I, I wasn't really doing anything because I was right after my second company. So I was like, you know what, I'll just get my license. And, um, went, and went and took, you know, obviously, you know, Joe, t- it takes about two weeks to get your real estate license, if that. So uh, pretty easy bar to get your real estate license. And then uh, next thing that I knew, you know, I was primarily looking for our own place to, to purchase here. And um, you just got sucked into the whole thing and, and sort of the, the competitiveness and just how, how real estate works. Such a different world than obviously Fortune 500. Um, so so highly competitive in that sense. And, um, and then did that for five or six years of doing tons of transactions. And then just recently, uh, started real investment to um, basically look at technology and marrying that with real estate to see if you can identify more of these markets before they get so hot, trying um, to do sort of what not anybody else is doing, because it's very competitive when you go into some of these very hot markets. Uh, so uh, the sooner you can find it now with all the data that's available, uh, there's it's it's getting much easier to uh, possibly identify some of these markets earlier. Um, if we, we look at that data. Uh, so so that's sort of the, <clears throat> the 25 cent version of uh, summarized <laughs> version.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, like you said, there's a lot of data out there to analyze. What are some of this, the key things that your team's honing in on that would be indicators of emerging markets?
0: Well, you know, you're still pretty early on. So we're trying to see what has correlation or or meaning or meaning more or less. But primarily, you know, obviously you're looking at migration trends and you're looking at specific neighborhoods. So we're trying to look at uh, specifics of, let's say, what local government's doing, what people in a certain neighborhood are doing, you know, who's coming in, who's going out, what the newspapers are saying, you know, sort of going through and scraping newspaper information. So that what we see is when we start to see things moving, maybe maybe rentals are moving or rental rates are getting, or um, there's just uh, activity that's going on, we can take that and say, well, where is that activity? And maybe where's this path of progress uh, going, to, going to go in terms of where it starts and where it ends in this specific neighborhood? Um, because once you kind of identify this path of progress and sort of the way that it's going to evolve based on... What it's, whether it may be zoning, whether it may be affordability. Uh, then, obviously, when you purchase properties in those areas, you don't really have to be sort of a brain surgeon because, sort of like, you just get taken up with, with the wave. You know, basically, as, as, as things move up, it just picks your investment up and it'll increase um, in that sense. So, uh, initially, if you identify in the early parts, there's not a lot of competition. The prices haven't really um, skyrocketed yet, so you do have a lot more flexibility in what you what you look at. Uh, so what we're looking at is what are the what are these indicators, and how correlated are they to resulting in increase in prices? When do you
1: anticipate having f- research findings from what you're currently trying to draw correlations to and from um, in order to put something together and? have it ready for the marketplace
0: we're, we're probably about two months out from deciding which indicators uh, we're which we're going to end up using and how we're going to mash them uh, in terms of um you know mashing and being bringing them in from the different sources identifying the sources and then uh, combining in such a way that we can use them to have indicators so we have preliminary uh, preliminary theories on what's going to work and what's not. And we're just at this point trying to flush that out. So probably a couple of months before we have the criteria really finalized. uh, And then hopefully about a couple of months after that, where it's actually operational. So, uh, and what we're trying to identify is what people mostly care about in this space um, in terms of, you know, across across the board, whether it's uh, commercial, um, because for instance, you might have a retail Shop that's not being represented in the neighborhood, so that's one opportunity. You might have apartment buildings maybe oversupplied, but maybe there's um, office space, ba- or maybe there's office space that's that's undersupplied. So that dynamic should flow out of all the information in terms of saying here are the three or four opportunities, and this is why. I
1: think you're on to something really big, and we can go ahead and mark our calendars for two week, two months from now uh, right. to do another interview with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't hold me. Don't don't hold me to the wall. that you know, it's tax, so two months.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, I thought right. startup timelines always hit their milestones. All right. Well, based on your experience in. Uh, both being a broker. And by the way, you said I, I would know I'm actually not a a, a real estate oh, agent. Oh, okay. I've never didn't know um, that? Got, yeah, I've never got my yeah, straight straight up investor, baby.
0: Okay. <laughs> love that. Love that.
1: Um so based on your experience as you know a founder of real investment and two technology companies under your belt prior to that and being a broker, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: Well, I think I think the you know, when I think about that, and it might sound like two, all right, I'm going to give you two. But one of them, one of the things that one of the things that one person told me, and and real estate in New York City is just so super competitive. And one advice I got, it was part of this mentor group, and where we had a top broker from every area in the in the US. So it was great because we didn't compete with each other, so we easily could help each other and tell people what works, what doesn't work. And this one guy told me, he goes, you know what I keep saying to myself? And he's like, what? And he's like, what have I done in the last hour to bring in more business? And I think if you say that to yourself and you think about that, you think about the eighty twenty rule, and you, you're, if you think in that terms, you're not thinking what's the best thing next month, what's the best thing next week. What are you doing? Are you like checking your email? Are you doing something where you're filing? I mean, you should be doing something at least four-tenths of the day where you're actually doing something that's going to have an impact to your business. Love that. And I
1: love that you said four-tenths, spoken like a true technology yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the second piece of advice?
0: I mean, the second piece of advice, and, I, and anybody who's done a, a lot, a lot of real estate transactions knows this. There's a lot of gray in real estate. There's a lot of, there's not black and white, you can handle things a lot of different ways. And it makes such a difference to be beyond reproach in terms of your integrity and your character. And what what the advice is, is don't play close to the line, make it very clear that, you know, you're going to take an ethical path, you're going to turn down stuff that doesn't sound right, you don't feel good about, and you're not going to deal with people who are most likely not going to take advantage of you in some, some way or are not a good person in general. Because uh, you do see everything in real estate and um, it's, it's really important. Because I think what you'll end up doing is and you'll, you'll start being with people who you can really respect, who are going to support you, and who are going to be true partners.
1: I've got a question for you on the first piece of advice. How did you get in the mentor group where it had the top broker from every region of the country?
0: Uh, there was there was this main mentor coach. Um, he was actually based in Canada, and you'd have to apply to it. You'd have to say, "I'd like to represent New York City," and they'd look at all your transactions. Your transactions had to be uh, representative of a top broker. Like you had to have a certain revenue number, you had a certain number of transactions. So they really, really tried to make it strict, so you, they would only take sort of the top people. Uh, and you know, I. There was people there who are also obviously investors. We have people from Hawaii who had just made just tons of money just investing as well as brokering. And um, you do learn a lot. And, you know, nobody can meet with each other. So it's really great. And, and, you know, I'm thinking in the back of my head, maybe can we do this for investing? You know, because there's people who have their top investors in neighborhoods that don't overlap. And maybe everyone can work together and try to get some mentorship across the board to help each other out.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. Best ever book you've read?
0: Uh, okay, I mean I do read a lot. It's tough, but I'm going to do a general life one. So um, I'm going to go with "Man's Search for Meaning" by Viktor Frankl. Um, it's really about what motivates people and and and, and meaning, finding meaning in people's lives. Um, if you give me a real estate one, I'm going to go with the Gary Keller books. I think Millionaire Agent and Millionaire Real Estate Investor, um, really like those two books as well.
1: And best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that, if not those books, freebesteverbook.com. Lou, what's the best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it?
0: Uh, okay, there's a lot. <laughs> Obviously, in real estate, you have a lot of them. I'm going to pick one with a really good underlying message. Uh, had this represented this property. Uh, it really needed a lot of work. It was a husband and wife that owned it. And... Um, What, um, what, you know, one day just sat there with the wife and she told me all this stuff you could do to it. you can do, you know, there's exposed brick and there's, you can do, you know, all this landscaping on the roof and like 10 different things. So of course, myself and even one of my team members, we would repeat that to people and finally got, um, sold and do the due diligence. Um, I get this call and everybody's on a conference call and it's, it's like four other people in the room. So, and I'm like walking down the street. So, you know, you always love when you get a call and there's a whole room of people that are going to talk. <laughs> that's always a good feeling. So I was like, yes. I just like the husband is really pissed. He's like you told these people this, this, this and this. And that's not true. And now they're renegotiating price and blah, blah, blah. And the wife, without skipping a beat, just goes, yes, since you told them this, we want you to cut your commission. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, so if the bottom line is from that lesson is you know, just get it in right. When people <laughs> talk to people, just just send them a quick email. Hey, listen, this is what we discussed. This is what you said. Um, just wanted to confirm that. Want to make sure I got it right. And and then and the flip side of that is is when you're doing a deal, you know, have have people attest to something. Like if you're doing a deal and you're like, you don't, you don't want to deal with foundation issues, before you even get far in the deal as part of the like front contract, put it as a part of an addendum. You know, I attest that I don't know of any foundation problems. I don't know of any flooding. And you'll be surprised. A lot of people all of a sudden decide, you know, what we did have a problem, and then they'll sort of confess. I mean, there's a, definitely a bunch of people who won't, but you, you for just a, you know, just asking someone to attest to something, some people will actually come out and tell you something that they probably haven't told you at that point. So both Very sides, Yeah,
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So. But you get it in writing. I think that's that's the bottom
1: line. Did you end up cutting your commission on that one conference call <laughs> uh, of debacle?
0: You know what? I, I took it offline. I In the end, not what they wanted, but um, did give in because it was just needed to get it over with. And I, also my assistant who was showing the apartment would have lost out as well. So I did bite the bullet. But um, whatever I lost, I guess, is a, a lesson that I've learned now that I do remember quite clearly <laughs>
1: yeah best ever success habit you practice and you mentioned a couple good ones already
0: well you know just this is this is sort of um this there's this uh piece of software it's called um or it's, it's not even software it's called follow-up then and if you send an email you can send an email and say you know send me an email at 10 a.m in the morning so you'd send like 10 a.m. at follow-up then, and then you'd have your subject or whatever. And you can do it on a quarterly basis. You can do it, you know, you can do it any time limit you want. And one thing I do is I have them send me a daily email and it's completely free. So just in case I send them, have them send me a daily email at eight o'clock in the morning. And it just says, what's the one thing. And what I basically do is that I make sure I answer it. What's the one thing I can do today. And it's a lot into what's the one thing I can do today that's going to have the greatest impact going forward. And I try to figure that out. And that's the first thing I work on. And I'll keep working on that until I get it done. And then I'll go on to other stuff.
1: Oh, I love that. You are just full of all sorts of good nuggets of information. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I think uh, the follow up then and then also you could even do a calendar reminder every morning, right? And it would pop up on your calendar and you could see that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, I usually check my email, like right when I get up and, um, the follow-up ends in the email. So, um, um but the, the other, just was talking about software Another free piece of software as well. It's called toggle T O G G L. I don't know if you ever did that, but that actually, when you go from task to task during your day, it just changed that you're going to a different task. And at the end of the week, it'll tell you what you spent your time on. And if you don't know what you're spending your time on, you'll, be surprised if you track it, because you'll realize, oh my God, look how much time I wasted doing this nonsense stuff. And then you realize, oh wow, well, that's why my business isn't working because I'm spending all my time doing nonsense stuff. So by just tracking it, you're forced to look at it. Um, so that's another one I'd recommend, Toggle, T-O-G-G-L.
1: Best ever deal you've done?
0: Uh, okay. i represented this buyer. Yeah, so we sold him this one um, a, a, a apartment it was, and then he had a something to sell. So I was like, oh, yeah, let's go take a look at it. He had this great penthouse, six and a half million dollar penthouse, uh, basically listed it, had three offers within the second day, and it went for a full ask in the, on the fourth day for all cash. So it was absolutely the fastest commission I ever made.
1: Best ever quote.
0: Uh, wow, that's a tough one. I had a lot of quotes, but Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Mike Tyson because clearly not a lot of people are quoting Mike Tyson.
1: (laughs) I haven't had anyone quote Mike Tyson on the show and you're like the 80 something episode. So,
0: well, you know what? I tried to go for something that's not going to be so common because I know there's a lot of common ones out there, but, and and the way I think you could take this is a lot of different ways and I can tell you how I take it. But his quote was, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. And it's funny because people don't plan for things and then you get hit and people plan in a vacuum and they don't figure out what their competitors are going to plan for. And in in a lot of ways, it makes a lot of sense.
1: I completely agree. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Well,
0: I mean, I think, I think the biggest mistake, um, was kind of going back to that, not putting something in writing. Um, because I think that's gotten me a couple of times, two or three times at least. So, um, you know, you kind of underestimate people sometimes of what they'll do. Uh, and that's sort of the big difference between let's say fortune 500 people kind of act in a certain way to certain protocols. There are like zero protocols in real estate for the most part. <laughs> and you basically have just things hit you from left field. And, um, so the biggest mistake was trusting that woman that, you know, she obviously, maybe they did that to her maybe because she knew what she was doing. I didn't send her an email. I didn't have any proof that she said any of it. And, um, Yeah, I still see that as one of the big mistakes of just not putting stuff in writing.
1: Lou, what's the best ever place to reach you?
0: Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I guess you can, if you did, if you go to Google and put Louis Leon, New York spelled out, I think I'm the first thing that pops up. And it's a LinkedIn. You can click there and you can put in, put in best ever or best ever listeners or best ever show. Because, For whatever reason, you get sometimes weirdos who want to connect with you. I'm not sure where they're coming from, (laughs) but at least I'll know it's someone from the show or one of your listeners. So i will be glad to connect with them as well through that. Sounds
1: good. And um, best ever listeners, if you go to besteversurvey.com, I've mentioned this a couple times on previous episodes, you'll be entered to win a free book by Judy Robinette how to be a power connector. She was a guest on uh, the Best Ever Show a couple episodes ago. And the survey is a quick five questions will literally take you like 32 and a half seconds. And um, it's about just who you are so I can customize the show content a little bit better, um, and even more so towards your interests. So thank you, Lou, for joining us on the Best Ever Show. It's been amazing listening um, to your advice and talking to you, and I know the Best Ever listeners got a lot out of it. So appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me on.
1: All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.